So it's been a year since I've been inside a restaurant and I've mostly chosen to not be even outside at a restaurant. And on a scale of challenges during the pandemic, this is small and trivial, but it's still a loss. I've had to adapt to foods that travel well. I've done a lot of takeout. And so I figured out what foods travel and don't travel well. Uh, two examples of those are sandwiches that have sauces and vinaigrette and all those things on them. And if you travel too long, you get home and they're soggy. Uh, French fries, that's another one. They could, you get them home and they're soggy or cold or both. And so I'm looking forward to uh, someday in the near future upgrading my food selection uh, to that which you can eat off of a plate at a restaurant or in a restaurant. And today we are talking about food. Well, the metaphor of food as it applies to our spiritual lives. The value of notching up our food quality, the value of moving from milk to solid food in the faith journey. We're continuing our greater series in the book of Hebrews, and God has something greater for us today. And we'll be challenging each of us to greater levels of growth in learning from the author of all truth. So if you would, Turn with me to Hebrews or look up on the screen uh, and you will see these verses from Hebrews chapter 5 and we're going to read from verses 11 uh, through the 6th chapter verse 3. It says this, About this, we have much to say that is hard to explain since you have become dull in your understanding. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us go on toward perfection, leaving behind the basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation, repentance from dead works and faith toward God, instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I've studied this passage in preparation for our study today, it seemed best to go verse by verse. Now, as a reminder, the letter's title to the Hebrews recalls the biblical story of God's liberation of the Hebrews from captivity. And this passage and study make clear the real crisis that threatens a people's forward journey to the promised land. So our big truth for today, the big thing that I would love for us to take away, and yes, I've made this kind of very short and simple, and yet there's so many complexities to it, but we're going to say it this way. Crawl, don't stall. Let's go verse by verse. Verse 11. About this, we have much to say that is hard to explain since you have become dull in understanding. Well, first we must answer the question, what is this? 
Well, it is what our passage and Pastor Colleen excellently preached last week. The job description and the character of Jesus, our high priest, and all that is wrapped around that. But all this, the writer says, has become hard to explain because the people had become dull in their understanding. And in the Greek, the word is nosotros, which means uh, lazy. People who lack a work ethic and haven't been listening. Haven't been listening. How many times have we been caught in that? You've been listening to somebody for a little bit and then for whatever reason, you start to leave the conversation and you start to hear wah, 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 wah. And you get to the end of the conversation and you come back. And of course, you're asked a very specific question to which you have no answer. This is what the people were doing. They were being lazy in their listening. They weren't uh, letting God's nutrients of his word come into them. And you know, teachers can also be uh, unprepared by dodging difficult truths or underestimating the abilities of the learners to grasp the deeper truth of God. It can go two ways. But Adam Clark in his commentary uh, reminds us uh, in summarizing what was going on there, he said, your souls do not keep pace with the doctrines and exhortations delivered to you. So bottom line, we have either not heard or we've heard carelessly. Well, back to this, what is this again? The author pauses in his exposition of the theme of Christ's priesthood to make sure the hearers are paying attention. So we're in a passage that is a pause, a time to stop and talk about what's going on. Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. Now following the opening statement of verse 11, one commentary, Professor Rob Wall of Seattle Pacific profiled this next verse by saying, the writer of Hebrews is not bludgeoning the listeners. He is awakening them to a life of intellectual renewal. So there are two contrasts in this verse that we want to address. There's teachers versus being taught. And though the people should have been being teachers, they were instead still being taught. And the basic elements that are referred to here are the same as if we were talking about grammar and learning our ABCs or math and learning how to count from one to 10. That's how basic these elements were. And yet the people were stuck there. Another contrast that's opened up for us here is milk versus solid food. Milk was considered to be uh, uh, in, in a lot of different literature and especially in the Bible, kind of the beginning principles of religion and or science, as we find in some of the other literature. And it was contrasted with solid food. Now we all know that infants are fed milk until their digestive systems develop the capacity to break down and absorb the nutrients of solid food, which are needed to grow to adulthood. Now let's move on to verse 13, but we'll circle back to this. Verse 13 says, for everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. 
Now, being an infant in our journey with Jesus is still being unskilled in the word of righteousness. Another version uses they're not used to righteousness, meaning they're not comfortable with it or even familiar with it. And I believe that sometimes even when new people come into the church, that it's easy for them to look at everybody else and think they have the whole Bible memorized and they know all of these songs and they know everything. And it would be easy for a new believer to stall out on the very basics because they feel far behind or they have this, this notion in their mind that they, they don't want to go any further. Well, the writer here is saying, hey, everybody needs to continue growing. It's a, it's a process. And we all need to be skilled in the word of righteousness. We're not to be a Peter Pan and say, I won't grow up. We are to go on and to grow in our life. And this theme is addressed in 1 Corinthians, in Ephesians, in 1 Peter. And coincidentally, in the physical world, I am living this right now. The movement from milk to solid food. Some of you may know that recently our oldest daughter and son-in-law and our newest and first grandchild moved in with us. We've been uh, living together as they've made the transition back from Vietnam to the United States and will be with us for a little bit until they settle. We have been watching firsthand our eight-month-old uh, move from milk to solid food. And it's been very interesting to see. And it was one moment I had an epiphany that, hey, this is what I'm preaching on, and I get to see this. So I asked them one night to give me some examples of some of the things they have been learning in their process, knowing that not everything is uh, the same for everybody and each child is different and there's different opinions and different truths. And here are some of the things that they shared with me. As I'm sharing these with you, I invite you to uh, do the heavy lifting of thinking through what it might mean in our own spiritual walk. I could spend a lot of time on each of these, but that's not the, uh, we have many other things to get to. But I want you to hear these things because they apply in the principles of moving from milk to solid food. Here are some of the things that they, they shared with me. It's important for an infant to still be on milk until one year. The infant may not yet need solid food to survive, but get them used to eating it. Find ways to get them more interested. Offer a variety of textures, colors, settings, etc. Every infant is different. Keep your eyes open for any solid food allergies. I can almost hear your wheels spinning out there as you're thinking through some of how these apply in our own spiritual walk. Let the infant be the one to introduce the food to their own mouth. Now, those of you who grew up in my generation, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older, remember that the principle then was you were spoon-fed, and there was nothing wrong with that. That's just how it worked. Nowadays, uh, people are thinking more about how you hand the spoon to the infant and let them get used to introducing it to themselves. I've watched our granddaughter hold the spoon upside down and every which way trying to do it, but the food is, 
is sticking on there and she's learning how to put it in herself. Another thing they said was, in the early going, only do certain food. We don't want the baby to choke on different foods. Another thing, it takes more work to start on solid foods. And finally, it's messy. It's on the table, it's on the floor, it's in the diaper. And we could spend a long time talking about these things, but I invite you to think about some of those that jumped out to you. It's in the physical world, it's very important for us to move our little ones from milk to solid food if they are going to become adults and to mature. And even more important in the spiritual world. Verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. We can't stay on milk. Solid food pushes us toward adulthood in our walk with Christ. In verse 14, the writer is referencing the, referencing the practice of athletes who, uh, using all of their powers, all their skills, all their agility, uh, would have been training for, in those times, the Grecian games so that they would be better prepared when the actual contest took place. You can see how this applies in our spiritual life. The more we practice, the more we are trained and growing, we are ready for those contests in life when they come up. And their response would have been to come out of this repetition, out of this discipline, uh, and learn how to distinguish good from evil. I experienced this principle very personally many years ago in our youth ministry when I had a group of high school kids who were thriving in their faith. And uh, when they graduated, I thought, wow, this is great. I can't wait to see how God uses them out in the world. What happened in the next few years just uh, surprised me because many of those kids walked away from their faith. Now, many have come back since then. But I wondered, what happened? Where did we fail? What, what could we have done better? And of course, Christ, you're like, hey, this is my ministry. You were faithful. But one thing I, I figured out was that there were a few people who really were moving on to solid food. And there were a lot that were happy to stay at the milk stage and feed off of those on the solid food. So when the people still on the milk got out into graduate world, they had not learned to operate uh, in the middle of the doubts and all of the questions that came. Distinguishing between good and evil turns out to be pivotal in this passage we study today. So we get to verse one and two of chapter six, which says, therefore, let us go on toward perfection, leaving behind the basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation repentance from dead works and faith toward God, uh, instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. The writer here is seeking to awaken the listener, us. We must move beyond milk and not stay an infant. Solid food should be our menu as we learn more and more to distinguish good from evil and be skilled by the word of righteousness. The writer says that people ought to be going on to teleotes. And it, this is, means, uh, and the, the word perfection is used in this version, it's maturity in other versions, but it, it does not com 
imply a complete knowledge, but a certain maturity in the Christian faith. It's here that we land at one of the distinctives of Wesleyan theology, Christian perfection, making this passage that we discussed today one of the most discussed and debated passage of the whole letter. From 1725 to 1777, John Wesley compiled his thoughts on what it means to move toward perfection. This little book is called A Plain Account of Christian Perfection. The work is a guide on devotion and daily work to become closer to God. Now this verse turns a corner for us in the discussion declaring, now that we have talked about the need to move from milk to solid food, therefore, note the dynamic nature of let us go on. Yes, the final product would be perfection, but this has reminded us that we continually go on. We don't rest in this effort, and it is not and never will be done by our own power. This is not meant to stir anxiety or bring out the worst in those who already struggle as perfectionists. Wesley himself states in chapter 19 uh, this, this statement. I want you to hear this because I think this really sums it up well. He asks the question, how should we avoid setting perfection too high or too low? And here's how he answers, by keeping to the Bible and setting it just as high as Scripture does. It is nothing higher and nothing lower than this, the pure love of God and human, the loving, God, uh, the loving of God with all your heart and soul and our neighbor as ourselves. It is loving it is love governing the heart and life running through all our tempers, words, and actions. And in the Wesley Study Bible, summarize it even further, and this fits right with Lent, where it says, this is all about repentance as believers who turn their backs on the sinful nature that yet remains in the heart. Now, there's a lot going on here, but just a reminder, it is God, as Adam Clark says, God is ever ready by the power of the Holy Spirit to carry us forward to every degree of light, life, and love necessary to prepare us for an eternal way of glory. I'm happy, as would be all of our pastors, to sit down and discuss this further with you. It's a very interesting part of Wesleyan theology and very important in our spiritual growth, but it can also be complicated. And so we would love to talk with you more if you'd like to. And then of course the writer says, leave behind all the basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation. Well, what does that mean? Of course we would all believe in the basics. But the writer here is trying to say, hey, the basics are already in place. We don't need to keep going back. And you can see that list it's there in the scripture, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, instruction about baptism, laying on of hands, uh, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Now that's a list and that's a whole other sermon, but we don't need to go back and do these all over. That's what the writer is trying to say here. No teacher or learner would get anywhere if they had to lay the foundation all over again. Go back and learn the ABCs. Go back and learn the multiplication tables. Go back and learn all those basics again. That's what the writer is saying. It's time for us to move from the milk to the solid food. 
And I love how this, this particular portion ends, verse three, where it says, and we will do this if God permits. The writer here putting on their, their pastoral hat, shepherding the people through the process of learning, all toward a deeper understanding of the risen Lord, all through God's grace. And all that we've been challenged to do here today cannot be done on our own. We will do this if God permits. Those among us who have been ordained as elders in our particular church, or if you've attended an ordination service, will recognize the line that the ordinands always answer, I will endeavor so to do the Lord being my helper. God is ready to help us. Friends, now more than ever, we must be people of God's truth. We cannot afford to take our cues and our truth, especially in this culture of division, injustice, racism, all the different uh, complexities of life that come up. We cannot afford to take our cues, our truth from anything other than what is in line with the scripture. The word of God is our authority and it calls us to continue moving forward. And I don't know where you are in your journey, but I do know the evil one loves it when we just go through the motions. Not growing is going backwards and it leads to discouragement and even destruction. This pandemic has rattled us so many ways. It's unsettled us, perhaps in more ways than we could even identify right now. It may be a while till we identify all the ways in which we have been changed for the better or for the worse. But that's why I said at the outset, crawl, don't stall. Crawling, as I have watched our little granddaughter scooting across the floor, is one hand, another hand, another knee, another knee. It's one little tiny movement forward. But as we start there, we can make some progress and not get stalled. If you are still feeding on milk and you, you know that, your faith feels lukewarm, uh, you lack motivation to pray more, to study more, to worship more, to serve more, then start small. Crawl toward growth. Start somewhere. Don't stay where you are. And if you're thriving on solid food, don't take that for granted. You may be now on your feet, but I would encourage you to keep stepping slowly. Let God guide your path. Take a deep breath. And we're here for you as a church family. We're here for you as pastors to walk alongside you. And we would be happy to sit down with you and to, to map out a plan that would start with a crawl and, and begin walking and moving forward. We are working on those plans even in our own lives as we journey with Jesus with you. And those would not be formulaic plans. Those are plans that are uniquely suited to who God has created you to be. We'd be happy to be there with you. So pray and ask the Lord for wisdom on your first step. Accept God's grace. And together, we will do this with the Lord being our helper. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.